Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right. God is in this place. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. As uh, Jamie said, we're going to bring bring our brother, uh, one of our elders here in MCC, Lewis, up. And uh, yeah, bring it, bro. Bring it. And bring it hard, all right? Come on. Good morning. You know, the word says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Every Muslim will confess. Every Hindu will confess. Every New Age believer will confess. Everyone will confess. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Good morning, Mary Mont. My God. You know, yesterday morning, <clears throat> I woke up and there was just this peace in our home. And my wife put on some, some worship music and I was sitting there, I was kind of reviewing and studying, and just the presence of the Lord filled our home. And she, <laughs> And she doesn't even know this, but I began to weep because he took time out of his day to visit our home and to bless us and to prepare us for what was to come because our youngest son and his wife were having an issue and they came to our home. But it was God knew in advance, far in advance. But had we not been in a place, number one, of worship, and number two, of hearing his voice. Man, it is so good to see you. It is so good to see you. Wow. <laughs> Don't worry about I believe that that encouragement was needed. Good to see you, Carlos. So, this God gave me a word this morning, and I pray in the name of Jesus that it will bless everyone here. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and for what you do. We know that we are nothing without you, God. We can't move without you, God. We can't breathe without you, God. But we know, God, that you are mighty and awesome. So I ask, Father, that you would remove Lewis out of the way, God, and that your Holy Spirit will speak. You have full reign and control, God, and I submit it all unto you. Bless your people, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I am always extremely nervous before I preach God's word. Always. And I'm shaking like a leaf right now. So the, the title of this series, Exiles, meaning I guess that we're exiles. We're, we're kind of wandering the land, seeking a home. And the reality is, is that our home is heaven. That earth is just a temporary dwelling place for us. And while we're temporarily here, God has given us all assignments. And we have to fulfill those assignments before we return home from where we came. Because I was reading over some of Jamie's material, and he said that 
and Jeremiah, God knew us before he placed us in our mother's womb, which means that we were with God before we were in our mother's womb, which means that we're going to return home to God. But there's some things we got to do in order for us to make it home, make heaven our home, because there's an alternative site. There's another site called hell. And that, that is not where we want to return because that's, that is not, as believers, that is not our destiny. Our destiny is heaven. So let's start with Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, now if I mispronounce some of these places, uh, forgive me. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Leave everything. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonor you, I will curse. And you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. That ain't what God told Abram to do. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they had came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to a place at Shechem, to the oak of Murray. At that time, Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offsprings I will give this land. So he built an altar at the, for the Lord, or to the Lord, who had appeared to him. Now God only appeared to Abram. He didn't appear to Lot or, or Abram's wife, only Abram. From there he moved to the hill country on the east, east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And Bethel on the west, in I on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord, and Abram journeyed on, still going towards Negev. See, the thing is, God's promises never change. Abram was told to leave everything, including his kinfolk, everything. He repeated Adam's sin. Genesis 2, 15, 17. The Lord took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. So you say, well, how did Abraham repeat Adam's sin? disobedience. God never, God told Abram, 
Leave everything. Take nothing. I don't know if that meant his wife or not. It, the Bible's not clear. But it sounds like to me, see, if, if he say leave all your kinfolk, that might even mean your wife. Until he takes you to the land where he wants you to be. But Abram decided to do his own thing. Yeah, God, I'm going to go, but I need to take all these possessions. I can't leave these possessions. I can't leave them behind. Our goal is the kingdom of God. In order to get there, we, we must do opposite of how the world lives. You know, when Jesus came, he turned it upside down. They say those people are in the way, meaning they were opposite of how everyone was living. And that is how we're to be. We should be opposite of the world. We shouldn't look like the world. We shouldn't smell like the world. We shouldn't act like the world. We shouldn't talk like the world. We shouldn't smoke like the world. We shouldn't drink like the world. We shouldn't party like the world. We shouldn't commit adultery like the world. We shouldn't commit fornication like the world. We shouldn't lie like the world. We should be opposite so that when we walk in the room, people know, oh, those are the folks that are in our way. They're in our way of living. John 17, 14. Let me tell y'all something. Man, I was struggling. I love this man right here. He texts me. I'm praying for your preparation and your word. I'm like, Dennis, I'm struggling. <laughs> and I know this man is a man of prayer, so I know he immediately began to pray. And then Steve Cecily texts me. And he said, I'm praying. And I could feel the prayers. Because when I woke up Saturday to do what I needed to do to prepare, I had a peace. I always had this anxiety when I'm studying that am I hearing God correctly? Is this what God wants me to say? Am I speaking out of my flesh or is this the spirit of God speaking to me? And thank you for praying, D. Thank you, brother. And you were probably praying too, Jamie. Thank you. Because I felt them. John 4, 17, 14. See, this is, this is the key here, and this is Jesus speaking. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. And what is, what is it that makes us not of the world? He said, I've given you the word. And the only way we're going to stop acting like the world is, is when we get this word in us. It is in us to the point where it's in our spirit, it's in our speech, it's in our walk, it's in how we act. John 14 and 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus, because folks that talk about God all day long, God this and God that. They won't talk about Jesus. They won't mention the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Say, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? I will come again and I will take you to myself. I will come again. 
He's coming back. And I will take you to myself. That where I am, you maybe that where I am may be also. Meaning we're going to be with Christ. Heaven is our home. This is a temporary dwelling. And even more so, this, this, this here, <laughs> temporary. <laughs> it, it, has a, it has a time stamp date on it. It does. And the older you get, you know, you can look great on the inside, but when you wake up in the morning and you roll out of bed and you have to walk slowly in order to get the strength in your legs to walk faster, <laughs> and your back hurt and your legs hurt and your knees hurt, you know that this thing is deteriorating. You can run all you want to run, exercise 24-7. There's an end date to this thing. <laughs> we have been told by God to leave that place of comfort. Our city, our parents' home, that company where you hate going to work, and God is telling you over and over, it's time to move. But you're like, God, I have nowhere to go. He said, great, leave. You hate going to work. You hate the people you work with. You hate your boss. You hate the building. You hate to drive to work. You hate the fact that when the alarm goes off and it's time to get up to go to work, that you know you have to go to the place that you hate. That's God pushing you out. It's just as he told Abram. He, didn't, he said, Abram, go to a land that I will show you. God is saying, go. to the Because here's the thing. You holding on to that situation, to that job, and you're missing the blessing that God has for you. You're missing it. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this to you all. Do you think I will? Willingly came to marry my community church? Do you think I willingly came here as a black man raised in a black church and God said, I want you to go to Marymont? Do you think I willingly? Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm going over here with a lot of white people that I don't know and I struggle with having a relationship with white folks. So I. But I had to go. Now listen to this, you all. I had to go. Because where I am at now and the things that God has me doing and the, the, the folks that God has me influencing and the contacts that I am making would have never happened had I not come to Marymount Community Church. It would have never happened. I wouldn't be a cop today if I had not come to Marymount. I wouldn't have met Dennis. I wouldn't have met some of you great people that's in this room. I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing in the community. It was out of the obedience. And so we walk in this fear because we fear the unknown. We do. As human beings, we fear the unknown. But guess what? God says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So anywhere we go, he's right there. And he's pushing some of y'all, and y'all pushing back. And I'm saying, let go and let God. Let, this is for somebody in this room. Let, it's your job. Somebody in this room struggling 
You hate where you work. Let go and let God. <laughs> Give your two-week notice and watch what God does. Because you feel, I got to pay mortgage, I got car payments, I got credit card payments, my kids are in God is saying, I got you. God is saying, I got you. I'm telling you, he's got you. Mary will share something with me that, and it lines right in with this word this morning. Yeah, I'm throwing you out there. Don't worry about it. And we were talking, and she was talking about how she's moved back home. So that means she gave her house up. She moved back home with her parents because she's prepared to go to a school to do something special. But she doesn't know where that's going to lead. But out of her obedience to God, because we can be even caught up in the fact that I'm not giving my home up. I'm not moving back home with my parents. I'm grown. I'll do my own thing. What am I going to go back home for? They got rules I have to follow. I mean, that's a prime example, y'all. And watch what God does. Watch what he does. God told Abram to leave every, everything so that he could show him greatness. God said, I will make you a great nation, and your name shall be great. All he had to do was leave home and go to a place God would show him. That's all he had to do. And think of what, and we, we're descendants of Abraham. Out of his obedience, to, even though he was disobedient, he was obedient. He's like, God, I'm going to do what you said do, but I just want to take this little bit right here. And God said, because y'all know how the story goes. Him and Lot split up. They split up all their possessions. And y'all, that disobedience is serious. And we all do it. We all do it. Let me tell y'all another story. I got a lot of stories this morning. So we're at the grocery store, and um, we're bagging our groceries. And I hear the cashier tell this gentleman, uh, well, you don't have enough on your card. You got to put things back. And without hesitation, I turned and said, I'll take care of that. And the look on this guy's face, it was like no one had ever done anything like that before. Now, let me say something to you. When I was in my unsaved state, I'd have bagged my groceries and walked right out the store. But God instantly spoke to me and told me to do that. That was obedience. And I don't, that's a seed that I had put in the ground. I don't know what's going to happen with that seed. I don't know who else is going to be. I don't know what was going on in his home. They could have been very hungry at home and needed that food to get through the day or the week. I don't know. It, it wasn't my business to know. But I knew that I had to bless that man. And there was a time I didn't do that. I wasn't a giver. But God has taught me to be a giver. See, but Abram took everyone. He took Lot. He took Sarah. He took all their possessions and all the people they had acquired. But God didn't tell him that. Everyone is not going to the home God has for us. Now, that's, that's a hard word. We got some family members that ain't going. We got some sons and daughters that are not going. 
We got some grandkids that are not going. That's a hard word. Because I want all of my family to go to heaven. But some folks are not going to make it. You know why they're not going to make it? Because they refuse to accept Christ as Savior. A simple act. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. A simple act. And there might be someone in here that has not taken that step. And I encourage you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because he is truly a Savior and he will change your life. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. The will of the Father in our lives. The will of the Father in our lives. So you say, what's the will of the Father? What have you been sent here to do? And have you asked him, Father, what am I to do in this earth? Why was I created and why was I placed in the earth? And he will show you and he will tell you. People will come up to you and say things to you. I'll give you a good example. When I was in the world, when I was unsaved, when I was following the devil, not God, the devil, and people would say to me, are you a preacher? I'm like, huh? I'm not a preacher. But that was what I've been called to do, y'all. Not even just here, but out in the world. When I speak to groups, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm giving them what God has given me. But I'm, when I was in my unsaved state, and you know what the thing is, what's crazy, is that in my spirit I knew that I had been called to preach. And some of you in your spirit, you know what you've been called to do. But be, you, so you all are in the kingdom, but you're operating in fear. And fear is of Satan. Walk out of that and walk into your destiny. Here's the thing. Sometimes it's not a, a big, huge thing where you're standing before people. Sometimes it's just being a great wife, a great mother, a great father. Sometimes that's, that's what you've been called to, because when you begin to walk in that, then you begin to father many and mother many. Folks will come to your home just for counsel because you're walking in that calling and in that gifting that God has placed in you before he placed you in your mother's womb. God does not go back on his promises. But man does. Man will tell you all the time. Yeah, I'll do it. How many times been dis how many times anyone in this room been disappointed by man? Raise your hand. Who been disappointed by man? Dag, every hand up. So you know it to be true. But God will never disappoint us. The promises God made to Abram, he kept every one of them. Everyone. There's promises God has made to us that he has kept. He made Abram a great nation. He made his name great. 
and made him the father of many nations, even though he obeyed, but he disobeyed. How do you obey and disobey? Look at what Abram did. He said, Abram, you go. But Abram took everyone. When God appears, oftentimes, the person he's speaking to is the only one that can hear him. And the only way we hear him is out of relationship. And how do we develop that relationship? Spending time in the word of God. Praying. Fellowshipping with other believers. You begin to be build up that spirit man. Where when I was unsaved, God would yell at me, Lewis! But once I came to him, he began to speak to me in a gentle, soft voice because I recognized his voice. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and know them, and they follow me. He speaks softly and gentle to believers. But if we're not in tune if we haven't been spending time with him, we will not hear him. Abram heard him loud and clear. Adam heard him loud and clear. I mean, it was just Adam and God chilling in the garden. And God said, you can have everything. Just don't eat off of that tree. <laughs> you can have everything, daughter, but just don't do this one thing. You can have everything, son, but just don't do this one thing. Don't touch that stove. It will burn you. But you can have, play with all these toys I bought you. But don't touch that stove because it will burn you. <laughs> what we do? <laughs> we go, touch. <laughs> no different. We still doing it today. As followers of the Lord, we should be upside down from the world. The things of the world should make us very uncomfortable. So I was telling Dennis, uh, we went to Las Vegas for a, a wedding, and I had never been to Las Vegas. <laughs> y'all laughing, y'all know. So we get off the plane, and within 10 feet, there's slot machines everywhere. It's like... Slot machines in the daggone airport? We go to the grocery store, and there's slot machines in the grocery store. Like, what? And Dennis called it Solomon Gomorrah. The, the name fits Sin City. I never smelled so much weed smoke in my life. A weed dispensary on every corner. Women, I wouldn't even call them half-dressed. They were one thirty-second dressed. I mean, it blew my mind. And I told my wife, I said, if I never go back to Vegas, I'm good. Because to me, that was a microcosm of the world. And it made me very uncomfortable because of the spirit that lives within me. I couldn't wait to get out of Vegas. I couldn't. It was horrible. So we're coming home on the plane, three seats, Crystal, myself, and a young man. In my spirit, it told me that he was, he was homosexual. And he, that's the choice he makes in life because it's all about a choice. But what I want to tell you is that him sitting next to me, 
he was so uncomfortable. He kept twisting, and I'm trying to, it's a three-hour flight, I'm trying to get some, I could not sleep, because he was moving so much. And I, I was telling Crystal about it. She said, Louis, that's because his spirit was unsettled, sitting next to a man of God. So Vegas, you can keep Vegas, man. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if you, have a, if you have an addiction to gambling, and everywhere you go, you have the opportunity to gamble, man, that's a trap. If you have a, 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 an addiction to pornography, and everywhere you go is half-naked women, man, that's a trap. That is a trap. If you got issues with, with, with drugs, and everywhere you go are drugs, and the place was packed. Like, oh my God. Oh. But that's the world, y'all. We are to be opposite of the world. We should not look, smell, dress, act like the world. There's, people should recognize a difference. When we walk in the room, they should recognize a difference, that we are not their kind, that we're of a different kind. We're of the holy kind. John 15, 18. This is Jesus speaking. And the world does hate us, y'all, because we hold the world accountable. When they say, when they say, um, it's okay to fornicate, we say it's not. When they say it's okay to have an abortion, we say it's not. We are the nation in the world's conscience. That's why they will come after us. Because it's almost like when you're doing something wrong, you don't want anyone to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Then you kind of feel okay doing it. But when someone is telling you that you're doing something wrong, you don't feel comfortable doing it. Even though you may do it, you still won't feel comfortable doing it. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. And they hated Jesus. Because Jesus rocked the boat. <laughs> if you were of the world, the world would love would love as its own. It would love us as its own. It would embrace us. But because you are not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Therefore the world hates us. Therefore the world hates us. It hates us, it hates our children, it hates our grandchildren because they know that we're teaching our children the gospel and our children are teaching their children the gospel. So we're teaching generations, so they hate generations of believers. Don't ever get it twisted. You're on your job and they know you're a believer, they talk about you. Oh, look at that holy roller. Oh, they think they better than somebody else. They speak it. But keep walking proud. Keep proclaiming the gospel. 
keep bowing your knee and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And watch, when they get in the situation, oh, uh, I'm going through a really serious, could, could you pray for me? Could you pray for me? Now you want it. So keep walking. Keep doing your thing. Keep being a believer, a proud believer. But don't go to work and, you know, lay your Bible on the, on the desk and leave it open to a scripture. And No, just let you be the Bible. You be the word. Every time they see you, they see the word. And you don't have to be super religious by quoting scripture because the Bible says that darkness cannot comprehend light. So they won't comprehend the word, but they'll comprehend your lifestyle. They'll comprehend the way you're living. They'll understand that, and they'll see the difference. And there is an end to the story, y'all, for us all. Revelations 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. If the band like to come up, you can come on up. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. Hmm. That make you shout, y'all. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man with us. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. We got a resting place in heaven, y'all. And heaven is real. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's not. It's real. But so is hell. But guess what? Because we are, are believers, we know where we're headed. We know our destiny. And if you don't know Christ, I would encourage you to bend your knee and make the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. God bless you all and thank you. said, uh, man will let you down, but God will, God's always faithful. God will, God will not let you down. Let's go ahead and stand in front of us, sing and worship about that. And um, yeah, let's just, let's just let this reality just sink into us.
Surrounded by your goodness, we're standing in the promise. Surrounded by your goodness, we're standing in the promise. Surrounded by your goodness. 
standing in the promise Surrounded by your goodness We're standing in the promise Surrounded by your goodness We're standing in the promise Surrounded by your goodness We're standing in the promise Surrounded by your goodness Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me my life laid down, surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after your goodness. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, running after me. My life laid down, surrender now. I give you everything. Father, we tell you this morning that you are good, that you are good to us, that even when we were enemies of yours, you came and died for us on the cross. And we do not deserve your love. We do not deserve your forgiveness or your mercy. And we do not deserve home with you, but you have offered it freely. So I bless my brothers and sisters this morning. I bless you this week with feeling comfortable with the Father but uncomfortable with the world. I bless you with a, a holy discomfort this week. And I bless you with a strange joy to those around you. That people would cock their heads and say, are you joyful? I bless you. And Father, we thank you. I thank you for Lou. Thank you for his word to us this morning. Your word through him. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here with us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for being our guide and teacher and friend. So we honor you. And all God's people said, Amen. We're going to have prayer teams up here. If you need prayer, please come and receive prayer. We're going to have light bites in that room over there. So if you want to have some fellowship time, please go over there. But you are loved and you are dismissed. Be at peace. Be at peace.